You are listening to Aging Issues Radio and Joe Soricelli. This is the station that will help you age into and through retirement. We bring advice and education on all of the issues that we face as we get older, offering financial and life strategies. Hope you enjoy the subject matter and our down-to-earth and simple solutions to the problems we all eventually face. While the issues are not unique, the solutions are for you. Hi, it's Joe Sarasoli again, coming to you uh, with the third edition of, you know, aging in place and the decisions that you have to make around that. So today I'm sitting here with Lou Giampa, right? And we're sitting in the training facility of Right at Home Home Care Assistance. It's a home health care agency, but his organization is a little different. He helps, and while we're sitting in this training room, he helps train the people that he, you know, uh, that he hires. So you always want to know quality, uh, the quality of care, and so forth. But I like to ask other questions. So look, we talked before this a little bit. Is how did you get into this business? You, you know, it's not like you were, you know, uh, how can I say, you were not, you were not destined to be here from college right but you are here now right so again how did you get into the business well if you were to ask me in college i I would have known nothing about the home care industry and how it all works but you know life works in mysterious ways um i spent the first 15 years of my um of my college of my career in wall street and in finance world um the last year of my career uh, my grandmother had gotten sick she had dementia so i actually left my job to become a certified nurse's aide to help care for her um, after working with my grandmother, I developed a passion for working for seniors. I actually worked in a local uh, nursing home in their dementia unit. Um, it became something I just loved to do. I uh, loved working with that particular group of clientele. And I decided to start a home care agency. So I, you know, the good thing about us is, you know, I actually know this job from the ground up. I've actually been the one in the fields kind of doing the care myself. So I know what made a great caregiver. I know what made a great agency. Uh, I knew how to really take care of people firsthand. And that kind of translated into running a, an exceptional home care business. And I believe, and I have to, I have to, I have introduced Lou to many a client. And part of the reason I am comfortable in doing the introduction is it is an exceptional program. Because you see, home care agencies are all over the board. They are. They're all over the board. They're from the referral network to one of the reasons why uh, I had a referral. I had a person that was working from a referral network that I transferred to Lou. And he was able to take a, a care provider that the family liked and had been using for a number, you know, for about a year and bringing that person into the system. So Lou works sometimes outside the box. Yeah, you have to because every situation is different. Every client has different needs. So, you know, we have to adapt our care plans, our models, our aids, our training to whatever it is that the client needs. Okay. I'm going to back up for a second. And what I mean by backing up, I said this is the third part of a series. The first series is planning and decision making. You just have to recognize that at some point things are going to change, whether they be for yourself or for your parents, or for someone else you may know, because everybody knows someone 
that needs care or is having some issues as they age. Right. So there's a lot of things that drive that. So we talk about the decision-making process. Then we talk a little bit about, oh, I want to stay in my house. First things, you know, first things first, make it a safe environment. Uh, we had the interview with 101 Mobility. Now we're sitting here is, okay, we're at the next level. I can't, we can't take care of ourselves. And there are reasons for that. And then there are some solutions. Let's talk about first the reasons that you have. So at the end of the day, you know, we know that people are living longer. Um, the vast majority of people would really prefer to live in their homes as opposed to being in a community or facility. Uh, that's usually the number one choice for people. But in order to do that and maintain some level of independence, they might need a little bit of help. Um, you know, back in the day, it was a lot easier for the adult children to, to take off and take care of mom and dad. These day and age, we're seeing in the sandwich generation that both families are usually working to support themselves on two incomes. Um, also, too, they're having children later on in life, so they have their own needs and responsibilities. So it's getting harder and harder to become that family caregiver. And even when you do become that family caregiver, which I think is a very noble act, you do need some time for respite to take care of your own health and your own responsibilities. So that's where agencies like ours come into play. Um, the idea for what we do is to give somebody a sense of independence so they can stay inside their home and build a be a fully functioning person and enjoy their livelihood and also be, you know, make sure the family dynamic keeps working. And that's what's really important about home care. Um, again, we all come into, um, as adult children, um, the, the relationship kind of evolves where you're taking a, a you know, hard look sometimes at mom and dad or grandma and grandma and you're noticing some changes in their condition or some attitudes. It could be subtle, it could be substantial. And that's usually the time where it's important to start asking questions, to start seeing, you know, how that person is performing on their own. Um, are you noticing, does that person seem to be a little off? You know, maybe their clothes aren't washed or there's some expired food in the refrigerator, an extra dent or two in the car, things that would make you concerned. Are there misses dosage of medications? things that kind of raise your own alarm bells of, hey, maybe it's time to get some professional help. Um, sometimes starting out with just, you know, a professional come in just for a couple hours, a few times a week can make all the difference because we can see changes in mental conditions. Uh, we can see changes in attitude and all those kind of things. And we can alert the families to, you know, hey, maybe it's time to start getting a little bit more proactive and involved with their care. It is not even a question. Uh, while I have been doing this for 20 plus years, I have identified a number of different things in those 20 years. Number one, the original European model for multi-generational households are few and far yes, between. Very true. Right. Uh, when we grew up, I grew up with my grandfather living in our house uh, from, you know, until I was 13, 14. And I have a vivid memory of when my mother had to tell her siblings that he couldn't live there anymore. Right. Right. Uh, and to, you know, not to be a horror story, but my grandfather did, you know, was getting dementia and was, you know, starting to get a little antagonistic, like a lot of old Italians do. Right. right? And he stabbed me <laughs> at the kitchen table. <laughs> So that was the night that I'm sitting in the bedroom in the, in, you know, upstairs listening to my mother on the phone with her siblings saying, okay, we got to figure out the next steps. Right. You have to make a, 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 a safe, you make a family a safe plan that's safe for both your dad and your grandpa or, and the family themselves. And that's what we're talking about here. Right. And then the other part, which I try to make people realize, which is what you were, uh, were just uh, attesting to, is this process is not a light switch. 
Right. It can become a life switch. You have a major event, you have a crisis management, you have a stroke, you have something of the nature where all of a sudden there's an additional need for care. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, just, you know, basic aging, it's like the flame starts to go out, right? right? It's a process and you start to look for reasons you know, or, you know, uh, symptoms of the flame starting to be smaller. Now, one of the most important things that everybody has to ask about is, and this comes from the financial planning background, is how are we going to pay for this? Right. Right. See, I profess financial and life strategies. You got to have plans. Right. And then you have to make decisions. And then, you know, your experience when you start to talk about the planning and the cost, how do you? Uh, broach the subject and you know what you know what would you recommend a family do yeah so it's a great question i mean a lot of um the care you know the most important parts are how do you finance it and i think some of the great things to take advantage of is for instance a company like ours does a free assessment a free consultation with one of my care managers during that time you talk about the care needs what this person needs what how what's going to help inside the home but also we get to hey what programs are out there to subsidize the cost of home care when i tell you that we do so much education for people and we're finding ways to source home care services from places they never even thought of. So obviously the easiest thing always is to private pay for funds, but some families don't have the means to do that. Um, But there are plenty of other things out there. You know, you deal in the long-term care insurance world. I can tell you firsthand that long-term care insurance is the absolute number one thing that every person should have. Um, You know, if you have long-term care insurance, it fully covers licensed agencies like myself. Um, You can get the Cadillac highest level of service and you never really have to worry about your your funding. But when you don't have long-term care insurance, because I believe maybe Maybe fifteen percent of the population has it these days, and I'm not sure if that exact number is correct. It's, it's unfortunately, I'm going to say this: it's low. And being in New York, which we are right now, it's not really available. There right. are different types. But the traditional model is right. Available. It is getting harder to get because the people that have it now are outliving and outspending their benefit, which is you know fantastic for those that have it, but difficult for those that don't have yeah. it now. But the good thing is. Besides long-term care, there are lots of other things out there. Um, we actually work very closely with the Veterans Association. So we have a contract with the VA where we do some veterans hours for free services for veterans. Um, but there's also something out there called home care aids and attendance benefits, which I would tell you that 99% of our veterans out there don't know this exists, where a veteran can be entitled to $30,000 a year fully covered by the government for home care, and their spouse can be entitled to $15,000 a year for home care. So again, the, vet, the, veter- the VA means well, it's a long process to go through it with the VA. We actually work with a consultant that does it for free for my clients. Where if you're ever interested in veteran services, we get you in touch with her. She goes through the process. She'll tell you within a couple of weeks what you're going to be entitled to and how you're going to get it from the government. So that's a fantastic resource because you're talking about anywhere between fifteen dollars to $30,000 or $45,000 for a couple. So that's a great resource as well. Um, also, there are grants that we work with with uh, the Parkinson's Foundation, the MS Foundation, the Alzheimer's Association has a time away grant that we sponsor with them where someone can get respite services for home care if someone has dementia. Um, You know, I can tell you too, there's a lot of great um, programs buried in certain people's pensions and certain people's union funds because my wife is a New York City public school teacher. From being married to a New York City public school teacher, I can tell you that there is a home care benefit embedded in their union policy that gets 25 hours a week of free home care services. 
no teacher I've ever spoke to ever knew this was there until we found it for them. And now I actually have a lot of teachers that we're taking care of for free, not a dollar's coming out of their pocket. So there are lots of things out there. So I wouldn't tell people to assume that you can't afford services to get quality home care. It's best to talk to a professional who's going to go out of their way and, you know, jump through a few hurdles and trying to show you what kind of programs are available to you. Uh, and that, that's what we can do for people. We're, we're not just a home care agency. We're also client advocates that are trying to find ways for people to make this all work. That's what, you know, people have to understand. The last word you used, advocate, mm -hmm is what I consider myself, what you are at, have become. But at the same point, individuals don't know what's out there. Right. Uh, I'm even gonna go as simple as, I had a conversation with a patient advocate this morning and we were talking about uh, a simple situation, the changes in Medicare. Right. right? Uh, there's a lot of people that don't understand that when they, they get, get the Joe Namath program, Right on TV. Right, it doesn't have a lot of the you know. It has to have basic Medicare benefits, and they enhance it. But it has different crit underwriting criteria and claims paying criteria. Right, it, right. it gets very confusing, even for professionals. It gets very <laughs> confusing, uh, and you usually need somebody to decipher everything that's going. True. Uh, see, most people become overwhelmed when this, when they have a need, right? When someone in their family becomes slightly impaired or fully impaired and they need services. You used a phrase of 25 hours respite. That's all part of the plan. I would like to tell you that everybody has the resources or we can get 24 seven care. The only way that that sometimes is available is through a Medicaid program. And frequently one of the Medicaid programs like a PACE program, uh, it's a little different, but at the same point, they're few and far between. So what we have to do is we have to create a situation or a plan that's going to, you know, work with a professional that, as you said, do an evaluation. What's the care needs? You don't always have to agree with everything that's about. It may be, you know, financial reasons or whatever. Uh, a family member may be able to, you know, provide, you know, eight hours of uh, I'll say supervision, right? Usually, and I'm going to say when you start with dementia and, you know, cases, a lot of it is supervision. It's not physical, right? So that person might spend the night and it might rotate through family. This is, in a, and we're going to talk about some stories, but uh, I had a DBA that I called family financial harmony. And it was sprung around my own family. And I can always talk about my own family, right? And I can talk generically, but it was talked about, we were on the same page. We had the meeting. We knew from day one that whatever my parents had was going to take care of my parents. And subsequently, whatever we can supplement, we could do. And we all took roles. Right. You had a harmonious thing. It sounded great. That is priceless that you had that type of situation. I wish that was the norm because that is not always the case. Sometimes oh, wait, that's where people I, that's are... why it's no longer. That's why that DBA <laughs> isn't here anymore. Right. Because unfortunately, what we have is we have a, we have somebody singing off tune that all they want to do is protect money to inherit it. Right. Right. Unfortunately, well, we see that as well. It's the the one thing about the aging issues concept is. We are the patient's advocate, the impaired individual's advocate. And, you know, you have many people in the families that have different motivations. 
But the first thing is safe environment, appropriate care. And if you can't put it together, right, you may have to go outside. An attorney gets involved in a guardianship when somebody when somebody says we think there's elder abuse. Right. You don't want to go down those roads. So you need to work with a home health care agency when the need arises. Or actually, I'm going to say this before the need arises. You have to understand what you're what is you 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 may need. And that's a perfect statement because a lot of what we do is triage situations. Someone falls or in a hospital, is in discharge, is a change of condition, stroke, things happen. And we get forced into a very difficult situation, which we can handle, but um, it's not the easiest thing in the world. The, what we always recommend for people is to get involved with home care, You know, whether it's starting out with just a handful of days and hours, you know, once or twice a week, just so you know what it's like, um, getting that person familiar with having some type of care in the home, someone that can get there before a problem actually starts. Because when you do that, it makes for much, much better outcomes. Uh, again, like when we get called in a difficult situation, we have to move quickly and it could be someone that needs a lot of care, a lot of hours, and we can do that. But the situation always goes the most smooth when you have somebody in there in the beginning, a couple of days a week, um, mom and dad are comfortable having someone in the home. They're open to the idea of home care. They see how it helps them in their livelihood, how they become more independent. And then when something happens, you already have the team in place. You already have the, the nursing oversight, the home care agency, the people that can move very quickly to react to situations. Um, so again, it's all about, like in, like in your world of financial planning, is having a plan. Sometimes that plan is to slowly introduce something like home care. So you're ready when the time really comes where the physical needs get to be great, it's already embedded. It's part of your life. It's your agencies, you know, kind of working with you during that whole process of aging. It just makes for a much better outcome and a much more seamless transition. I'm going to summarize it. There's two ways of approaching this. You can plan for it or you can react. Right. Crisis management forces you to make decisions quickly and sometimes not in, you know, the right direction. Very true. Right. So we try to avoid crisis, but we all run into it because unfortunately, and I will say this, you, you, my experience is I get called in more for a crisis than for the planning. I don't know about yourself, but it's usually the case. You we, said there's an accident. Yeah. It's a mixture of both for us. We get a lot of those calls where, so like I said, someone just fell and they're in the hospital immediately discharge home. And we also get like the other half of the calls are we notice some subtle changes in mom and dad, and we want a professional in there to kind of keep an eye on things so it doesn't turn into a bigger problem. So we get kind of almost equal of, of both sides, but I can definitely tell you the sooner we are in there, the the again, the more positive the outcomes are. Sometimes oftentimes we can actually head off that bigger crisis because we noticed that change in condition. We made sure that person, their hygiene was kept up, their medications were taken, they have three healthy meals a day. You know, we saw a change in, you know, physical or mental condition before it turned into a fall or an episode. So, you know, if we can leave, get in there earlier, it definitely leads to much, much higher outcomes, uh, much better outcomes for the patient, uh, much more peace of mind for the family member more than anything else. You know, one of the things that I always tell people when we're talking about, you know, should you go down the home care route is as great as the care is for the person receiving that care, 
it's equally good, if not better, for that family member that we take the burden off of, for that peace of mind that we give them, knowing that someone professional that sees us every day is actually in there monitoring my parents and they're letting me know if they see something that we really need to be concerned about. And I'll tell you, that's that's really the game changer here. You just covered my next question or my next example. What people don't realize in many cases, the care provider will actually, you know, sometimes predecease if it's a husband and wife or something of the nature, than the impaired individual. Because the stress that takes place with for a care provider is is higher than than anything. Right. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Now the other part is depending upon uh, the personalities, is there's a thing called guilt. It's very prevalent. <laughs> very, very prevalent. It's mom is only wants me to take care of her. And if I don't take care of her, she's going to guilt. She's going to dump a ton of guilt on, onto you. Uh, and this is what I try to teach people. And I, you know, uh, that you have to, you have to stay healthy because you're going to have to make more decisions for mom or dad down the road. Right. You have to be there for your own family. I think that that's the true sandwich generation. The, the data that we see, and these are proven facts, is that the health of the person providing the care from the family caregiver, if they're doing too much, is going to go down faster than the people that they're caring for. As I just said. And that's, that's exactly 100% factual information. The other part of that, too, is what we often see, believe it or not, is that sometimes a parent, as that parent-child um, relationship switches, will not take direction from a child, from their son or their daughter, because their whole life they've been telling them what to do. Whereas we are able to go in there sometimes as a professional caregiver between my nurses and my caregivers and get the outcomes we're looking for because they're more likely to listen to us than they would their own children. That's not every case, but that certainly happens often enough that it doesn't make a big difference. It is, as we have, we've had from previous, I've been you know involved in basically care management uh, from the senior law day committee for over 20 years to a lot of other areas. What you just described is a major, major issue. Uh, I'm the baby, right? I have four siblings. We were all on the same page, but we all took roles and, you know, uh, to do different things. My sister was the caregiver, right? She was hands-on, I was the planner. My brother was what I call deep pockets. Right. He was if he had a, if somebody if a check had to be written, he was able to write a check. Mm -hmm. But we did a lot of protecting of assets. We did a lot of things that provided uh, my father, I'll say, 95 great years and three or four not so great years. But he lived to 99. All right. So that that comes from a plan right. and plans change. There's no you know, yes, plan, they, yes, plan, they do. Plans <laughs> change. Uh, and with this a with this this, you know, period of, of, of time where we are living longer. Uh, if I have the conversation with a person that, and I had this at a meeting, uh, at a golf, a golf outing uh, dinner last night, person said, I should be dead. Diabetic, right? Tooth out the cancer and open heart surgery. Wow. All right, he's not old, he's not old. Uh, looked great, and that's what I was talking about. And he, he's up front, but he, he accepts his mortality. Now to get dad, who was independent for 
90 years to accept somebody, it's sometimes really hard. Yeah, it's it's not easy. I mean, it all depends on that person's makeup too. Um, again, you know, we sometimes our older uh, individuals come from a di- different era. Uh, they want to do things for themselves, not always accepting help, particularly from their children. So, you know, I think that's important when we talk about home care in general. That's why we don't do contracts because you literally can start and stop as you see fit. Because what I always tell people is, just try it out. See how this fits into your lifestyle. If this is something, having someone in your home for a few hours, helping with this, helping with that. Um, if it's working for you, great, keep it going. If you need more hours down the road, just add them. But if it's not working for you, just stop. And that's why it's important to be very flexible with the families. Because if you give a person the option of kind of dictating what they need in their life and they understand that they're in control, it makes people much more accepting. We actually have a whole guide that we have on our website about how to talk to someone about accepting care, how to get someone in our home. We, we teach the children how to present this in a meaningful way where, again, you're trying to preserve somebody's independence, but you have to let them also understand that they're the final decision maker here. So, you know, if, if we do our job, and our job is making sure that we, ha- we do a great assessment, we have the right care plan in place, the right match for the right caregiver. If I put that right person in the home who physically can handle everything mom and dad needs, personality-wise, they're a great match and they look forward to them, things are going to go well. And they're going to actually look forward to the times that someone's actually in their home helping them. I can tell you numerous times where a son or daughter came to me and said, there's no way mom and dad's going to be accepting of help. It's just not going to happen. They don't want anyone in the home. I said, let's try it. Let's see how it goes. You know, you can cancel after a couple of days if it's not working. Almost 95% of the time, that person became so close to the caregiver, actually looked forward to the times that they were coming there, that we got the outcomes we wanted. And the children were shocked. But again, we've been doing this for so long, we see it over and over. That's why we have to sometimes explain to people, this is what could happen. This is what we're hoping to happen if we do our job and get the right person in there. And that's what it really boils down to, because a really good agency is going to take the time to develop the care plan, really assess the client, really put the right caregiver in place. Like you're sitting here in my training room right now. We have a PCA training program where my nurse comes down here and goes through skill labs with all our caregivers. We make sure that we have exceptional people. We're not just putting anyone inside the home. And at the end of the day, if you go through all those steps to make sure you have the right people in the home, you're going to get great outcomes. That the I listen and I get and I will say from you know many years of experience, a lot of what Lou just talked about are the basics. So let's see, let's, let's, let's uh, start to summarize. First, parents, you know, you have to have the conversation. You have to have a plan. You have to know how to present this stage of life. Right. All right. That's an, and I'm going to say it's a stage. It, yes. it, it, it does, it, it, and the stages can go both ways. It can go from, you know, one day a week to five days a week to, unfortunately, if the care needs create a point where you need 24-7 nursing care. It's not usually what, you know, people, you know, stay in their home with, but they can, it can happen. Yes. All right. So that that's the stages. It, it, it's, as I said, it's, it's not a light switch. It's more of a dial. All right. So now we've got that piece. Now, during that evaluation that we're talking about, we start to talk about, everybody always does, it's like, what's it going to cost? How is it going to be? It's a, it's a conversation with, everyone right 
I, it's a conversation with the family and saying, okay, here, you know, these are the assets. This is how long they will last, wherever it may be. These are the available funding mechanisms. Well, you, you, you oh, dad's a veteran. God bless. You know, and, and I, I am very familiar with the program uh, that it's really, and I'm going to make the program as simple as possible. If your expenses for your care and your living expenses exceed your income, you're eligible for benefit. Right. It's, it's pretty much that simple. You don't have to be impoverished. It's really an income-driven situation. Right. It's not an asset-driven situation. So if your income is if your income is fifty thousand dollars and your expenses are seventy-five thousand dollars, you may be eligible for twenty-five thousand dollars. Right. That's a great way of explaining it. It's it's easy. As I said, as I said, I'm certified to do Medicaid planning. I'm certified to do veteran planning uh, because my side is always identifying resources and identifying the financials. And I have to say, because of my experience, I do a lot of what Lou had talked about, but I defer to a professional. I do a fiduciary training program that talks about when an attorney identifies something, they have to do some due diligence on who they refer. And if you do the due diligence at, on Right at Home, it reads very well. Thank you. It reads very well. Uh, it's not the only agency. But what I'm more concerned with, everybody always talks, well, I got my neighbor down the block that, you know, will come in. You know what? Initially, if it's just companionship, if it's, it's basic supervision, it could, you know, it might work out for a period of time. But you have to know the next steps. Right. Yeah. And there's there's a lot. And I don't know if this is the time or place for it, but there's a lot of pitfalls that go into the idea of private caregiving, especially when in New York State where unknowingly you become the employer and you know you have to have payroll taxes and insurance and all those great things so it's a lot of, like we, we, we filled a lot of phone calls of people that go down that route and then really really wish they hadn't because something goes wrong so is it there uh there's no question about that uh as i said i'm an advocate of i am an advocate of using professional services right uh, yeah, it's a financial decision. There's no question about it. hundred percent. Right. Because, you know, uh, while, while you say, oh, I can, I, I have so-and-so that will accept X, but if I use a professional services, it's going to cost Y. It could be two times. It could be whatever, but it, it, there are other expenses that are not being recognized, which you talked about, right. right? That unwittingly you become the employer. Uh, and when you talk to an advisor, I'm going to tell you that if you, you're using somebody, you, your, your homeowner's policy only covers you to a certain limit of workers' compensation. Right. But if you're paying this person on a weekly basis for an extended period of time, they're your employee. And then you have to start talking about potential tax, the tax consequences and the liability and the workers' comp and everything else. So you have that. Then there are these, I'll say, referral networks. Home health care? Yes, there are registries, the kind of basically brokers for private caregivers. It's the best way to put it. They don't have any liability. Right. There's there's lots of pitfalls for those as well. It's, it's basically the same thing as hiring a private caregiver, but someone's just finding you that person. Exactly. And, and then receiving some sort of compensation, right. you know, in lieu of. But you still need your own insurances, payroll, and all, all, the, pit, the, all the pitfalls all still the apply. Pitfalls. So you have to understand who you're dealing with. And you know what their insurance is, what their training is, which mm -hmm. is a very important part. 
because while we talked about, you know, and I keep on using that, that dial, that gas, that sometimes you have a roaring flame, sometimes you have a very low flame, right? right? When the roaring flame is then everybody can do everything they need, they can get up, they can do whatever else, it's easy. Right. But when the flame starts to dim a little bit, the needs get higher and mistakes happen. 100%. I mean, I think, and there's a lot for, you know, the average person out there to evaluate. Um, my recommendation for people when you're vetting this and doing your own homework is the safest thing to do is to always go with a New York State licensed home care agency. They call that Elixir. Mm -hmm. What Elixir means is that, you know, you're regulated by the Department of Health. Um, you can do companionship care, personal care, and even skilled nursing care. For instance, I have a full-time RN on my staff 24-7, 24-7 available staff to go out there for emergencies. Uh, when you're working with a licensed home care agency, it's kind of the key word when you're, you're doing your vetting process, then you know you're in good hands. Like, you know, you're with the most professional agency, regulated by the state, does everything by the book, you know, all your bases are covered. Um, and again, these are important questions that most people wouldn't think to ask, but that's, that's probably the safest bet when you're doing your homework. Uh, then again, you should read the reviews, um, you know, talk to the people, go who you're most comfortable with, see what type of programs they offer you. At the end of the day, you know, you're building a relationship of someone that's really going to help you take care of your aging, uh, aging parent or grandparent. Whatever it may, you know, however, whoever needs the care. And we've, we've talked about parents and grandparents, but there's also, when I, I, I use the phrase impaired individual, mm -hmm. doesn't always have to be a, a senior citizen. No, it, it doesn't. We, we've taken, and unfortunately in this business, we've seen lots of young people, whether it's accidents, strokes, uh, all sorts. lots of things happen where we're involved a lot earlier in the process and their aging process than obviously you would like to be. Um, but it does happen and that's the reality of this. So, you know, our service is not just for the elderly, it's also for the disabled. So, um, you know, we can take care of anyone over the age of 18, and, you know, so things do happen, but, you know, just it's good for people to know that these kind of things are out there. So as I said, due diligence, work with licensed individuals, mm -hmm. right? Uh, relationships are very important, right? Uh, understanding, you know, that you're comfortable working with Lou and his team, right? Or uh, if you're not, I have to say there, there are options. Mm -hmm. But the referral always starts, everybody talks about uh, estate planning, uh, long-term care planning, in quotes, elder law uh, is the generic term. And a lot of times you're moving towards asset protection to, you know, eventually get onto Medicaid, right? Don't know what the criteria is, but once you're on Medicaid, somebody else in, especially in New York, you're under a managed care program. You don't make your own decisions. Right. You can, you can participate in the decision-making process. But if you do, a, if you have a plan and you understand everything else that goes into that plan, you maintain your independence you maintain your decision-making capabilities or the capabilities of your children to make decisions on your behalf. It's always gotta be in the best interest of the impaired individual. 100%. So we're gonna close up. You've been listening to Joe Sorosali, uh, Aging Issues Radio. What we talked about today was, as I said, the third part of a series uh, of aging in place. And this third part of the series is, I need some care, I need some assistance. How do I get it and why do I get it? And where does the conversation start and end? 
Uh, and that conversation is a difficult one, especially if you're dealing with, you know, parents that expect their children to take care of them. Right. That, that, that is a major issue. Uh, and it's a hard thing because sometimes, you know, you have to just tell a person, you can, you can, you can say no. Uh, last quick thing, as I said, I've been doing this a long time. I was doing a long-term care insurance presentation at the Rytown Hilton, for those of us in Westchester. I was on a podium. My phone kept on going off. Cell phones were brand new, so they were big, bulky, and all the other stuff. And I said, okay, this is my parents' house and everything else. I walked off the stage, took the phone call and behind the divider, talked and everything else. My father was calling me. My mother had fallen. I, my father was 120 pounds. My mother was 200 pounds. He couldn't pick her up. Uh, it was the beginning of a cycle, which we knew was going to take place, as I said, stages uh, and dials. Uh, and I had to say, okay, put a blanket and put her head on a pillow, put a blanket under, or call the cops. Right? I can't get I can't get there for an hour. And the audience was aghast that I was not going to run to my parents to pick up my mom. And I said, it's not the first time this has happened. I've got to start to get my mother to realize she needs other care than me. Right. Because I didn't have a real job. I was an insurance agent. So I had flexibility. Yeah, it's a lot to put on, on a family member's shoulders. And, and again, that's that's why we're here. You know, because exactly you're, at the end of the day, about. my advice would be know that you're not alone. That's why there are programs out there to help you. You know, no one's expected to do this all on their own. It's, 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 it's too much. Thank you for the Thank you, interview. Joe. Appreciate you having me. We will, we will talk more. Uh, and again, uh, why don't you bring it out? It's right at home, home care, yep. right? Uh, local White Plains, easily Googleable, you know, and I say Googleable because <laughs> everybody just goes on to Google and looks up things uh, or let's give contact info. Yeah, so we're right at home, uh, Westchester County. Uh, so our, the name of our company is Right at Home. We service Westchester County in the Bronx. Uh, our phone number is 914-468-1944. It's a 24-7 on-call number. You can reach us nights, weekends, in cases of emergency. And our website is www.westchestersseniorcare.com. Okay. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Best of luck. You've been listening to Aging Issues Radio and Joe Sorcell. This podcast has been for informational and educational purposes It is not to be construed as financial or legal advice specific to your circumstances. If you need help with any matter, be sure to consult with an advisor regarding your specific needs. Thank you and tune in again.